Good morning, everyone. Uh, in my deep reflection after the first State of Origin match, as I anguished, grieved, and mourned over an unlikely loss, as my pride was dented and my Queensland spirit wavering, I finally looked into the mirror and asked myself the question, what does it mean to be a Queenslander? I don't know about you, but uh, my soul-searching has given me some hope looking forward to the second game on Wednesday. Well, what does it mean to be a Queenslander? Well, we stick together, we hold each other up, we never give up, we don't whinge, we're always positive, and we've still got eight in a row. <laughs> we hopefully all know what it means to be a Queenslander. But a more important question that we need to ask ourselves today is, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to follow Christ? You know, it would be a tragedy if we as Christians forget what it means to be a Christian, to forget what it means to be a follower of Christ, to be in Christ, to be saved by Christ. What does it mean to be a Christian? Now, this was the same question that the Colossian church was asking. You see, they were all saved by Christ, but they were all beginning to forget what it means to live for Christ. Uh, if we go back to chapter 2, we can see there's, uh, there seems to be some tension in the body of believers. Uh, relationships were broken and they weren't being mended. And to top it all off, there was, uh, they were being led by these false and unhelpful teachings. So the letter of Colossians addresses this fundamental problem. And in this particular section, Paul looks at what it means to be a Christian in the context of a body of believers, about how they are to live as a church and live as, as for Christ, about how we are to live as a church, corporately for Christ. So the question we're thinking about today is, what does it mean to be a Christian in a community? As you all know, we've been going through this series of connecting, and today we're looking at this topic of connecting with each other within the church. So all of us who call ourselves Christians, we're saved by Christ, and what God is doing in us corporately together is just amazing. If you look back to verse 11, in Christ, all divisions between us get ripped down. There's no Greek or Jew, no young, middle-aged or old, no students or workers, no town, city or country, and I dare say no New South Wales or Queensland. God brings us all together as one in Christ. So what does it mean to be a Christian in community? I think the end of verse 11 sums it up in very simple terms. For Christians, Christ is all and in all. It sounds great, but what does it look like? What does it mean to put aside all our divisions and our differences and to put Christ and what he's done for us first and foremost in our minds? What would a church look like if everyone had this mindset that Christ is all? What would our issues, our tensions in the church look like? Would, would they be non-issues if we all had this mindset? What would my relationship with you and your relationships with each other look like if we had this mentality that Christ is all? And Paul lays out in this passage what it means to be a Christian in community. And the first thing Paul says in verse 12 is that we need to put on a new set of clothes. 
Now, I wonder if you know the feeling of turning up somewhere dressed the wrong way. When you've overdressed in your suit or dress and everyone's in jeans or a tee. Or when you're in boardies and slacks and everyone's looking their best. Maybe it's rocking up in blue on the week leading up to origin. <laughs> or maybe it's when you thought it was a fancy dress party and you whipped out your Spider-Man suit while everyone's dressed normally. It's embarrassing and you feel out of place. And it's because you've got the wrong clothes on. Paul says in verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You see, we're not facing death for our sins anymore. We're alive in Christ. And God's done this for us. We haven't earned it. We don't deserve it. But he's chosen us to be his people. He's made us holy in Christ. He's the one who dearly loves us. So because of this reality, we need to change our clothes to fit this new reality. In verses 5 to 9, Paul says, get those wrong clothes off. And here he says, put on your new clothes. What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, we have a set of new clothes and we've got to put it on. To put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Uh, there's two things I want to point out about this list. Uh, the first is that they all relate to Christ. It's not just a set of good virtues. Uh, put on compassion. Jesus shows us compassion on the cross. Put on kindness, gentleness. Jesus modeled kindness and gentleness towards others in his life. Put on humility. Jesus humbled himself to become a man and die on a tree. Put on patience. Jesus is patient towards us. He waits for us and wants us to live for him. All of these things, they relate to Christ. So as we slip on these new clothes, we put on Christ, we live out Christ. The second thing is that all these things, they're relational things. Uh, all these bits of clothing, they need other people and they're focused on other people. I think being a closet Christian, being a commando on your own Christian, is, it just doesn't make sense, it doesn't work. Uh, imagine someone saying, my kindness, you know, it's pretty good on my own. Uh, I'm pretty good at being compassionate to myself, but I just struggle with showing it to others. It just doesn't work. God grows this character in us as we, plural, uh, put on Christ, as we meet together, as we relate together, as we grow together. And the consequence of this new clothing is in verse 13. When we put on Christ, we will bear with one another and we'll forgive one another, bearing one another. I kind of try to imagine the most opposite Josh person I could ever think of. He hates sports, uh, loves onions, the type of person that would always get under my skin. So without putting on Christ, there's absolutely no way I would get near this person. But because I'm putting on Christ, this new set of clothes, this mindset that Christ is all, I would and I should and I'd want to get along fine with this person. You see, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by Christ and I'm living for Christ and so is he. If we just put our differences and our preferences in the back seat 
and let Christ drive our minds, we would bear with one another. And we'd also forgive one another. See, God has forgiven our biggest debt, all our sin. It's forgiven completely, wiped clean. Yet, we hold these teeny, tiny, smaller grievances against each other, even between Christians. I don't know about you, but I suspect many of you could say, I just can't forgive him about another person, even a Christian. Now I know some of these situations are tough, and I've said those same words myself, but I really encourage you to think about how God has forgiven you and how God has forgiven the other person, and then think of your grievances between each other in this light. We want to put on Christ as we forgive one another. And lastly, on top of all these new clothes, Paul sums up by telling us to put on love. And it's really a summary of the new character, isn't it? Loving like Christ, it covers all these facets. What does it mean to be a Christian in community? Well, we've got a new set of clothes and we've got to put them on. If you haven't put them on, you may need to reflect on what you're putting on instead of Christ. Maybe it's your old self, maybe influences of the world around you. You see, we've got to take off our old, dirty, raggy, earthly clothes and put on our new clothes, matching our new identity in Christ. Think about how our relationships and our community in SDBC would grow if we all put on our new clothes. What we really need is to put on Christ this attitude that Christ is all. But how's that going to happen? How are we going to put on Christ and get rid of our old clothes? Well, we need to know that the circumstances have changed, that a new reality has taken effect. See, we were once far away from God, separate from God, at war with God, and it's all because of this problem of sin. But Jesus has won us peace through his blood on the cross peace between you and God, us all and God. Paul says in verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. What does it mean to be a Christian in community? Well, there's a new reality in our lives. It's the peace of Christ. And it must rule each and every one of us, our hearts, our motivations, and our thoughts. I've been helping out at Mopets uh, on and off for the past two and a half years. And what I found out is that some kids are really smart. There's one particular kid. She always comes to me and goes, cuddle. And then as soon as I'm carrying her, she points to where else but the delicious adult's food tray. <laughs> this kid's got one thing ruling her heart. It's not me, it's not the cuddles, it's food. So just like her, uh, when we relate to each other, only one thing needs to rule our hearts, one ruler, one deciding factor, one influence, and it's the peace of Christ. And Paul says that it's this new reality, this peace, that's to rule not just in our individual lives, but it's evident in a whole body of believers. Uh, John Woodhouse, he describes what, he looks, what this looks like. He says, 
This peace of Christ is to hold sway among us. It's to determine the way we relate with one another. Together, we're all to have a deep awareness of the peace of God because of all we have in Christ. We're to see each other, think of each other, speak and treat each other in light of this extraordinary peace. This peace, because of Christ, is to be the decisive factor in our relationships with one another. It's to be the controlling reality in our hearts. What does it mean to be a Christian in community? Well, we've got a set of new clothes to put on, but to do that, we need to know this new reality, that our hearts are under new owners. The peace of Christ has taken effect. It's only when our hearts are ruled by Jesus that we can behave like Christ towards others. So does the peace of Christ rule in your heart, in all our hearts? Is that the prevailing reality, the vibe in our church? If it isn't, then what's ruling your heart? To put on Christ, we need the peace of Christ to rule. And the only way to receive the peace of Christ is to hear the new message, Christ. Verse 16, let the word of Christ or the message of Christ dwell in you, plural, or dwell in us richly. The word of Christ is not a secret set of words. Uh, the translation literally is the words about Christ. And it really points to the saving message of Jesus. As we talk to people, uh, everyone likes to steer the conversations to their favorite topic. Uh, for me, right now, it's the World Cup. When I catch up with Daryl, it's usually iPhones and golfs, and recently, the Blues finally winning. What topic do you love talking about most? What can you talk about nonstop? Maybe it's a TV show, a sport, a certain topic or issue. You know, that's what we've got to be like with this message of Christ, the gospel. It's got to be the hot topic, our hobby horse. We have to relentlessly, constantly speak Christ to each other so that the gospel dwells in each and every one of us. This is what it means to be a Christian in community. Well, some of you might ask, why all this focus on Jesus? Isn't there more to the Bible than just Jesus? Well, let me ask you, What's the central message of the Bible? How are you saved according to scriptures? You see, the central message from Genesis all the way to Revelation is that God is reconciling the world to himself through Christ. And this message is to dwell in us. It's not just head knowledge, but it impacts us, it convicts us, it lives in us. Uh, Matt Chandler calls this a dangerous Bible study but it should be the norm. Because we're not just reading, we're not just taking it, we're actually letting the gospel penetrate into our hearts and do its work. So the word of Christ is to dwell in us richly as we meet together corporately, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Some people make a big fuss over these three terms. Psalms are just psalms from the Old Testament. Hymns are general songs of praise to God and songs that are either spiritual in subject matter, about the Spirit, or source, 
from the Spirit. But either way, in this verse, these songs are about Christ. All of these terms overlap, and they're not meant to be an exhaustive list. In this verse, singing is just an example of how this new message influences church. Because you see, all of our Christian meetings, the focus is Christ. And if Christ isn't proclaimed, it's not a Christian meeting. So the focus of our singing has got to be Christ. As we sing, we're actually teaching each other while we're praising God. You see, singing in a, ch- in a church context, it's primarily a teaching ministry, not a music ministry. It's got to sound good. It's got to come together. But the focus is on the words. So if the words aren't true to Christ, if they don't teach this new message of salvation in Christ, then how are we teaching about him? Likewise, the focus of our teaching has got to be Christ. Whatever page of the Bible you're on, it's the word of Christ. It's about him. It's pointing to him. And if we go through a sermon, a Bible study at life group, youth group, kids' church, young adults, whatever, without hearing anything about Jesus, then how are we teaching about him? The focus of our ministries has got to be about Christ. How are the ministries you're in teaching Christ or building a foundation to Christ? And if they're not about Christ at all, then how should it relate to Christ? Because if it's not about Jesus, it's just a club, an activity, a social thing, and not a ministry of God's church. The focus of our fellowship, our interactions with one another, it's got to be about Christ. Do we point each other to Christ as our Savior and King? Can we share with each other how we're going in our walks with Christ, our struggles and our praises? Could we encourage each other with what we've been reading or learning about God through the week? Could we correct and instruct each other, not by rules, but by using the gospel, showing grace and calling others to live for Christ? For those in life groups, are your meetings about Christ? Our life groups are places where Christians do life together. And if you're not in one, I highly recommend this to you. It's a way of regularly connecting with each other in small groups. But if you are in one, is the focus of your meetings Christ, teaching Christ, being an example for Christ, growing together in Christ. I've got a friend in Sydney, and whenever I catch up with him, he always asks me these four questions. How's your walk with Christ? How's your ministries? And he'll always remember what I last said to him. How's your church going? And how can I pray for you? And this guy, he's younger than me by about five years. He's not in ministry or in college. And I wouldn't say that we're really close buddies, but he does like food. So through our meals and these four easy questions, we get to speak Christ into each other's lives. What does it mean to be a Christian in community? Well, we have a new message. It's the word of Christ. You see, it's only when the word of Christ dwells in us that the peace of Christ can rule. And it's only then can we put on Christ as we connect with each other as God's people. Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians because they were forgetting what it means to be a Christian. 
And it would be a tragedy if we today forget what it means to be in Christ. Today is a reminder for you and for me and for us to come back to the gospel of what it means to be a Christian in community, to put on this attitude, this mindset that Christ is all. See, God's given us a new set of clothes, and we need to put them on. Have you put on your new clothes? Have you put on Christ? God's given us a new reality. If we follow Christ, then we have the peace of Christ. Does the peace of Christ rule in your hearts? Does it rule in the fellowship of SDBC? And God's given us a new message, the word of Christ. Is the word of Christ dwelling in you in this church? The lyrics of a song that we sing sometimes summarizes this well. Singing to Christ, it says, Jesus, you are all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of all our lives. We believe, Jesus, you're all to us. What do you need to do to live out these words that we sing? Paul finishes off with uh, a challenging summary in the section in verse 17. He says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. If you haven't got anything from this morning, then this is a one-verse summary that we can all live our Christian lives by. Whatever I'm saying, whatever I'm doing, how I'm treating someone, the way I'm speaking about someone, whatever it is we say and do, especially when we're connecting with each other, can it stand the test of the words written over it in the name of the Lord Jesus? Just hypothetically, gossiping, being discouraging or angry in the name of the Lord Jesus. How does that sound? Or affirming someone's growth in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever we say and do today, this week, in the name of the Lord Jesus. How about the reasons why we may not connect with each other? Can it stand the same test in the name of the Lord Jesus? Couldn't be bothered talking to that person in the corner in the name of the Lord Jesus. Too hard to share about Jesus in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's a confronting test, isn't it? Everything, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. God is growing a Christian community here at Sunnybank where there's no divisions, whether it be age, culture, profession, interests, or anything else. You see, God brings us all in Christ as one. He's given us new clothes, a new reality, and a new message. No divisions, but Christ is all and in all. And this influences how we connect with each other. It means that we put on Christ as we relate to each other. We let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, and we let the word of Christ dwell among us. We must put on this attitude this new mindset that Christ is all. Let's pray. Our Lord God, uh, we believe that Christ is all to us, that you saved us through the blood of Jesus. Lord, help us to live it out 
especially in this church you put us in. Father God, you know about any relational issues within this church, any tensions, any places that we need to grow as a body. We ask that you work in all these situations. Convict us with the word of Christ. Let your spirit work in us so that our hearts will be convicted of your peace that you've won for us on the cross. And help us to put on Christ as we relate to one another. Help us to know what it means to follow Christ and give us the strength and ability to live it out so that Christ's name may be lifted up in our church. Lord, we do this giving thanks to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.